So we begin talking about the the Hagodah Shal Pesach. And our discussion this evening is going to be snippets from the Hagodah because obviously there are uh, innumerable, inordinate amount of uh, commentaries on the Hagodah. Everybody himself has 200 Hagodahs in their house. At least in all different ones. So we'll just read through some of the Haggadah and just look in the. I have the original. Learn some of the things. What? You have the original Maxwell yeah, House. That's why yeah, I remember those. I remember those. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. I'm a Rabbi Elazar ben Azaria. Rabbi Elazar ben Azaria said, "Harei ani shim shana." I am now, like I'm 70 years old. I did not merit to say the Exodus from Egypt at night. Achidosha Ben Zoma. Until Ben Zoma, right, until Ben Zoma darshaned it. Shinema, as it says, the Matisko Siamteska Meret in Srayim. You shall remember, okay, you shall remember the day that you left Egypt, all your entire life. So the words, so now the Haggadah analyzes the words. Yimechayacha, Hayam, what does it mean, Yimechayacha, the days of your life? It means the days. All of the days of your life, Halelos. That means the nights. And the Chachamim say, The days, the days of your life means this world. All the days of your uh, of, of your life, it comes to include the days of the Mashiach. So in the Haggadah of Rabbi Reuven Margolius, Okay, he's a very prolific writer. In his Haggadah, Shal Pesach, in the commentary called the Carbon Moshe, the Ki- oh, sorry, the Kihilas Moshe, he says like this. He says that well, Kihilas means the congregation, the congregation of Moshe. Yeah. So the pasuk of Laman Tisko, in order that you shall remember Yom Teischemer Mitzrayim, all the day, the day that you left Mitzrayim. Right? All the rest of your life. That Pasuk, which appears in, in Deuteronomy 16, right? The beginning of that Pasuk is like this. Lo, the beginning of the, that's, that's a partial quote. So the beginning of that quote is like this. The beginning is, Lo sochol alov chametz. You shall not eat chametz. Shivas yamim, seven days. Tochol alov matos. You shall eat matos. Lechamoni, the bread of Poverty, the better affliction. Ki bechipazon yitasa, because quickly you have left, me'eret mitzrayim from the land of Egypt, v'matisko, you know, you should remember. Right? And that is, that, that's the whole Pasuk. So, he wants to explain the sequence of the whole Pasuk. Like this. The Arizal, the famous capitalist, the Arizal, Rabbi Yitzhak Luria, says, he gives the following blessing. I want to close the story, right? He gives the following blessing. He says, he gives the Arizal gives the following blessing. He says that somebody who, somebody who is careful from Chometz and Pesach will be saved from the Yetzirah. Right? The Arizal quotes, uh, it is clear like this in the Zohar, Kodesh and Parshat Kisaytay. The Zohar says in the Parshat Kisaytay, if a person is careful from Chometz, then they're going to be saved from the Yetzirah, from the evil inclination. Right? And uh, we know that the Talmud says in Babasha on page 15, I think, or 16, that the uh, 16a, or maybe I think it's 15a, the Talmud says that the, the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, is also the Satan, it's also the Satan, and it's also the Malach Amalus. It's also the angel of death. So a person, right, the Yetzirah is what, what makes a person uh, commit infractions. So if a person is careful from Chometz, then they'll be saved from the Yitzhahara. That's what the Arizal says. So if that's true, so he says that this, if this, this is, now I guess the Chometz is sort of, so to speak, is a representation of the Yitzhahara. Right? It's a representation of, of the Yitzhahara because it, it, it needs, you need to, you need to give a, a place, a leavening agent into the flour and the dough. And the leavening agent kind of ferments the, the flour and the dough and, and it rises into bread. That's kind of like the Yitzhah, you know, that ferments the, uh, so to speak, the taiva, the, the desire in the person. 
while the, uh, the water and the flowers for the matzah is just a simple thing. So if a person is careful, so to speak, symbolically, if they're careful on Pesach, then there's an extra protection from, from there's an extra protection from, 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 from the Yitzhahara on Pesach, right? So he says, this is the way to read the Pesach. Remember, the Pesach is like this. Lo socho elav chametz, you should not eat chametz. Shivas yam in seven days. What you, tocho elav matzah, should eat off matzahs. Lechamoni, poor man's bed, keep your chivos on your tough man's time, because you left Mitzrayim very quickly. Right? Now, what's the next verse? The verse that's quoted in our Haggadah, Laman tiskor, es yontes chametz Mitzrayim. In order, you should remember the day that you left from Mitzrayim. Says Rabbi Ruh Magolius in the name, right? Says Rabbi Ruh Magolius that if you're careful from the Chametz, it will help you to remember that you left Mitzrayim. Right? The Pasuk really, the simple verse reads, be careful from the don't have any Chametz. Right? In order that you should remember, because I want you to remember your Mitzrayim. He says, no, if you're careful from the Chametz, then you'll be careful, then you'll know. That you left, that, that you left Mitzrayim. All you, the days of your life will remember that. And that, what does that mean? And if you remember that you left Mitzrayim, then you'll be safe from the Yetzirah. That's the, uh, Ravul Magdalene. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that specifically refers to Pesach. What? That refers to Pesach. You know, a, a Jewish person goes around all the days of his life for the Yetzirah and the Yetzirah. Right. And his next action will be determining what's going to happen. But we talk about the Exodus, you read the Shema, those talk, I mean, you see all these things throughout the year. Right. So we don't have to specifically dwell on that, you know, that, 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 there's another Haggadah called the Haggadah of the Migdal Eder. So it's a compilation, it's a Likud of different commentaries. So the commentary I'm going to share with you is the commentary that is written by Rabbi Shapsai Bar Aaron. He wrote a commentary called the Tishbi Mivaser. Okay? Tishbi Mivaser means that the Tishbi, which is Eliyar Navi, Mivasa will bring the news of the Gula, of the, of the uh, salvation. That's the name of his Haggadah, Tishbi Mivasa. And the commentary on Haggadah. So what is the next part of the Haggadah? It is like this. Baruch HaMakam Baruch Blessed is Hashem. Right, He is blessed. Baruch Shinosan Torah Lamo Yisrael. Blessed is that He gave the Torah to the Jewish people. We have a song for this. Baruch HaMakam Baruch Right, we have a song for this. So Baruch the Torah speaks to the four children. Echad Chacham, the wise child. Echad Rasha, the evil child. Echad Tan, the simple child. Echad Shainol, and the child who doesn't know how to ask the proper question. Right? So, the Tishbi Mavasa, the commentary, wants to explain this diagram as follows. He wants to write this. Right? From a Jewish perspective, we understand that Hashem, that God, is the source of everything. He is the source of everything that we find in this planet, in the universe. He created the universe and everything that's in it. And, right, the truth is Hashem is the source of all the brachas. Hashem is the source of all blessings. So Hashem is the source of all good. So the question could be asked is, is that if Hashem is the source of all good, then how could He be the source of evil? How could, if Hashem created everything, if Hashem is a Baruch, right, so how could He be the source of Tumah? How could He be the source of spiritual impurity? How could He be the source of, right, how could He be the source of, of, uh, of, of, of that which is cursed, the opposite of Bracha? If Hashem is the source of Bracha, the source of blessing, right, how could He also be the source why of all of that which is cursed? That's the question. But it stands to reason. If it's good, it's got to be evil. Right, so the question is, but Hashem, why is Hashem, how is Hashem, how can He be the source of evil? He's the source of good. How do you define evil? You know, look, let's go, go back in the story, go back to uh, Amalek, with King Saul. 
How do you define evil? That's true. How do you define evil? God defines evil. God defines evil. We just said that there is such a thing as the Yitzhahara. Right? We also know that there is such a thing as Tuma. When a person dies, there is Tuma. So how do you define evil? However, Hashem defines evil, right? So people don't, don't follow the word of God. A murderer is an evil person. So the question is, is that if Hashem is the source of blessing, then how could he be the source of evil? How could he be the source of, 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 of cursing? Right? Well, ultimately, he has no choice. It has to play out that No, I understand, but what's the explanation for it? What's the explanation for it? Yes, it's true that you're right, there's no choice. No, 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 no. What's the explanation for Hashem it? Hashem is not directly responsible for evil. Oh, so it has to be. It's true, man. It has to be that he is. Because he created the, yeah, the reality. Anything is exactly. Anything is in the universe. It doesn't matter. Right, so the, the, good, automatically creates evil. Fine. So in that way, in that way, he is the creator of evil. It's true, you're right, that Rabbi Moshe Chaim Tato says in his way of God that Hashem is not directly associated with evil. But he is the source of it. And the question is, how can he be the source of it? Right? So the Tishbi Mavasar gives the following explanation. He gives, he gives an explanation. He gives the following explanation. He says that he says that this is the question of the Baal Haggadah. Because the Baal Haggadah asks this question. He says, Baruch HaMakam, Baruch What does Baruch HaMakam mean? That's Hashem. Right? Hashem is the source of blessing. That's what these, the translation of these words means. Baruch HaMakam, Baruch Hashem is the source of blessing. Hashem is the source of blessing. That is the translation. So now if Hashem is the source of blessing... That asks the Baal Haggadah, how could he be the source of evil? So the Baal Haggadah answers, says the Mavasar Atishbi. The Baal Haggadah answers, Baruch Shenosan Yisrael. You know how he could be the source of evil? Because he gave the Torah to the Jewish people. What does that mean? Right? This is the answer. The Baal Haggadah, he says, says the Tishbi Mavasar, is giving the answer to, to the question of how Hashem can have the, be the source for both the good and the evil. What's the answer? Because he gave the Torah. What does that mean? So it's very interesting. The Gemara says on page 88b and 89a, in tractate Shabbos, the Gemara says, the Tishbim Vasar, that Moshe went up, when Moshe went up to get the Torah at Mount Sinai, 3,319 years ago, when Moshe went up to get the Torah at Mount Sinai, so, Hashem, uh, the Malachim, the angels, asked the Rabbana Shalom, what is this woman born doing here? He's not a spiritual being. What is he doing here? So Hashem turned around to Moshe and he said, give them, no, Hashem, Hashem said to the Malachim, he said to the angels, he said, he came here to get the Torah. So they said, why should he get the Torah? So Hashem looked at Moshe and he said, Moshe, give them an answer. Right? So the Gemara, well, you never heard this? No, so I listen to this Gemara, an amazing Gemara. So the Gemara is like this. So Moshe Rabbeinu, now this is an interview. How about this? This is an interview, no? <laughs> this is pressure. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu had to have an answer for God on the spot. Why should he get the Torah? So Moshe Rabbeinu said like this. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, what does it say in the Torah? Let's look first in the Decalogue. The Ten Commandments. Let's look at, fine, I understand, but he knew what it says in the Torah. Moshe knew what it says. He said, let's look first in the Decalogue. Let's look in the Ten Commandments. So what does it say? I am Hashem, your God, that has taken you out of the land of Egypt. Parshish Yisrael. And Parshish Vayishchan. Right? So I'm taking you out of the land of Egypt. That, uh, is it possible to take angels out of Egypt? What else does it say, says Moshe? It says, well, see enough, don't be promiscuous. Is it possible for angels to be promiscuous? What else does it say, said Moshe? It says, do not kill. Is it possible for angels to kill? No. So the Torah says, so the Moshe Rabbeinu says, do you have a Yetzirah? Do you have the evil inclination that drives you to decide this way, to decide that way, to, to get you to desirous infractions? No, you don't have such a thing. So the Torah is not applicable to you. The Torah is talking to the person who has the Yetzirah. 
And it, uh, it seems like that the Gemara accepted the answer. So that the, that, that, uh, that Hashem, Hashem accepted the answer and the angels also agreed. They agreed to the answer. Right? So that's why he gets the Torah. Says the, uh, says the, uh, says the, 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 the Tishbi Mavasar. He says that, says the Tishbi Mavasar that the Gemara is telling us that how does one fight the Yetahara? With the Torah. Right? And the Talmud tells us this explicitly. This is what's implied, sorry, this is what's implied in this Talmud. Why should Moshe Rabbeinu get the Torah? Because he has the Yetahara. A person who has the Yetahara, who has the choice to do evil, is the one who needs the Torah to do the choice, to do good. Therefore, therefore, in order to combat the evil, there needs to be a Torah. Says the Tishbi Mavatir, that that's what it says explicitly in Tractate Kiddush, page 190. Page 190, it says there, Barasi Hashem says, Barasi Sahara, I created evil in creation, Barasi Torah Tavla. How do I know that it's wrong to kill? How do I know? It's Moshe, right, I'm saying to commit a murder. Right, how do I know? Because it says it in the Torah. Who taught? As my Rebbe would say, Rabbi, Rabbi Weinberg, the Rosh Hashim Nesor, may rest in peace. Right? Who taught mankind that there's such a thing as consideration for other people? Of kindness and giving. Who taught mankind this? The Jew. The Jewish people were the first to say that the important person is not the one who's the most efficient killer. The important person is the one who's kind. Right? The one who loves the neighbor like themselves. That's what the, the, the Torah is the one who teaches. The, the, the Torah teaches the morality. The Jewish people are the ones that taught the world monotheism and taught them that it's wrong to be cruel to other people. Right? It's, what, it's the Western culture, which is the quote-unquote Judeo-Christian culture, which is influenced by the Torah. All the Jew Christians agree that the Old Testament is the, is the beginning. That, that, that outlines morality. Teaches all the Eastern countries and everybody else, the rest of the planet, about the fact that there's a monotheism. Like the Rambam himself writes, I think, at the end of, at the end of Hilchus uh, Malachim, at the end of the Laws of Kings. Right? So the Torah is the one that teaches. So therefore, therefore, right, says the Tishbi, says the Tishbi Mavaser, that Hashem can be the source of evil. Because Hashem creates evil in order that the good should overcome it. How? Through the Torah. So the reason why Hashem is the source of evil is because the source of evil is a necessary evil. So that the good can prevail. Like you said. Right? But so why does why it was a perfect world? Let's go back to the name. Why? Why was a perfect world at the beginning? No, then there's no purpose. There's no evil. No, no, there's, no, I know. Because, let's see. There was an evil in the Ghanaian also. There was no evil. I there mean, was, there was the Nachash, there was the snake, he was the evil. But that he was there. If the snake wasn't there, it would have been a But he was there. He was there in the beginning, he was there that day. Right, he was there. Now, and if we follow the Torah, so then we'll get all the Mabba, then we'll get the world to come. So it's through the, 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 the evil, says the Tishbi Mavasar, is the tool through which we can achieve the Torah. We can achieve the Olam Abba by following the Torah. Now, just a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, right? The Tishbi, it's explained in Tishbi Mavah, so let me, just, let me just finish this point, right? Rabbi Moshe Chaim Atato writes in his book, The Way of God, he says that in order, therefore, there should be a free choice. There has to be free choice. The choose the good and the choose the evil. Therefore, Hashem created man and the entire universe that there should be equal choice on either side for the good and for the evil. And in this way, a person can earn being close to God in the world to come. That's the whole purpose of creation. Therefore, let me just finish. That's the Haggadah. That's what it's saying like this. Baruch HaMokam. Hashem is the source of all blessing. Baruch Hu. You're going to ask me a question, but He's also the source of evil. How could it be? The answer is, because Baruch Shenosan Torah Lamo Yisrael. He is the source of all blessing because he gave the Torah to the Israel. 
that even the evil should be overcome with the Torah in order to achieve the world to come. That's what the Tishmi Rasha says. Okay, so what's the question? What? Now, I understand what you just said. What? what? If we had the Torah, we didn't know the why should that super? Why should that take preference over the Torah, the, the evil inclination, the answer horror, which is should come, evil should come first before the Torah? I don't understand. No, the Torah came first. That that same Gemara says that we quote it. Says that the evil inclination first. Then he, then he created the Torah to offset the evil. No, no, it's true. But as the Torah says that it's true, but the Torah existed before. The Torah, that same Gemara says that the Torah existed before, before the world. I know. Because that's the way the Gemara says it, but it doesn't mean to tell you the order. It no, just means to no. tell you that that there's two creations. There is evil and there's Torah, and the Torah is meant the only way to achieve to 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 to, to, to conquer the evil is to Okay. Next. So what's the first son? So we read the first son. The first son says like this. The first son is the Chacham, the wise son. Right? Ma what are the statutes? What are the testimonies, the statutes, and the laws? That Hashem has commanded you. So what should you tell him? What should you, how do you answer the wise son? Right? You say to him, you tell him the laws. You tell him the contemporary Jewish practice. At the Seder, what do you tell him? You tell him that uh, after the Afikoyim, not allow you anything else. Okay? So the idea we're about to share is from the Sokachev Rebbe. The Sokachev Rebbe in his commentary on Agoda called the Shem Ishmael. Okay? So the Shem Ishmael says like this. Says the Shem Ishmael. First we have the question. What's the distinction, that the question that everybody asks, what's the distinction between the Chacham and the Rasha? Because the Chacham says, what are these testimonies and statutes and laws to you? The Rasha also says the same thing. He says, Rasha ma'oimer, ma'avodazoyzvachem, what is the service to you? The Chacham says, eschem, and the Rasha says, lochem. Both of them seem to have the same meaning. What's the difference? That's question number one. Question number two is, the answer doesn't make sense. What did the Chacham ask? The Chacham asked, what are these testimonies and statutes and laws that Hashem has commanded you? And the answer is, the Halacha Barati Koimen? How, does that, how is that an answer? The Halacha Barati Koimen to the general question of the Chacham. Okay, that's the question. You hear? Yeah. This is very interesting. So the Sakhachav gives the following answer, which is a very interesting idea. He says that the marriage. The Yapakoman fits into this equation. What? The Yapakoman, the way it fits in, to the question. Yes. Yes. No, no, no. It's interesting the way it comes forth. Right. The Yapakoman comes in right away to, you know, the question. Right. So the Yapakoman. So the question is how does that fit? Right. That's the question. So the uh, the Sakachav Rebbe says like this. He says that there's a marriage in Pashas Vayikra. In Vayikra. Number number um, two, right? Letter no, uh, number ten. Parsha base ten. It says like this. It says, "Blessed is Hashem that He has equated Himself or equated His name to the forefathers." Okay, the forefathers, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and in this we're including, uh, you know, Yosef. Yeah, we're going to soon see what that means. We're going to see soon what that means. Okay. Right? He says like this. The first man, Adam Arishon, what did he do? He put an ox on the, on the altar. Right? He brought... What? Adam? Yes, Adam. He brought an ox on an altar. Right? Now, Noah fulfilled the Torah. He built an altar. That's what it says in Parshish Noah. Abraham fulfilled the Torah. As it says in Parshish Toldos. Right? says so the Medish Yitzchak fulfilled the Torah. As it says, right? Because he offered himself to be a sacrifice. As it says in Parshish Vayera. Yaakov fulfilled the Torah. 
Because Yaakov said, I think the Parsha is Vayishlach. Yaakov said, to, told his children to give them all the gods so they can destroy all the gods idol worship. Yehuda fulfilled the Torah, says the Bedrish. Why? Yehuda fulfilled the Torah because he told his sons to do levered marriage, to do Yibam. Yosef fulfilled the Torah. Why? Because Yosef fulfilled, uh, honor your father and mother, do not kill, do not be promiscuous, don't steal. Right? Do not afflict, do not covet. All of this. Before the Torah was given to them. All of these people fulfilled the Torah before it was given to them. And they did it themselves. Therefore, Hashem loves them. A complete love. And He equated His name with them. He equated their name to His name. As it says in Tehillim 119. It says like this. Happy are the ones, right, of Tanime Derech, from the word Tam, that are, com- are of completion. Like Yaakov was known as an Ish Tam Yoshalolim. He was a simple man, but it means he was a complete man that sat in the tent, like it says in the Pashas Tobos. So it says, Ashve Tamime Derech. Happy are the ones who are Tamimim, are Tams, in the road fulfilling the Torah. That's what it says in the Torah. And also we know that Hashem is also called a Tam. As it says in Paolo. He is the rock. His actions are complete. Right? And it says in Tehillim 18, Hakel Tamim Darko. So you see that Hashem calls himself Atam in his Torah. And in Tehillim we know that David Amelach also called the Avos that fulfilled the Torah before the Torah was given. They are also called Tom. So because Hashem... In Tillam. In the Tillam that we just quoted. No, but he was talking about Abraham. He was talking about Adam and Noach and Yehuda and Yosef. Did Abraham and Yitzhak and Yaakov and all the other people involved, did they have knowledge of Torah? Yeah, they did. Did they have prophecy? Not, no, a, not like Moshe had prophecy, what, no. What the Sarkis Torah is going to explain how they figured it out. But they kept the Torah, they kept the Torah before it was given. They were righteous people. What? They were just righteous for their time. No, but they actually they kept, they actually kept the mitzvot of the Torah. They kept Eruv, they kept Mulav, they kept Kosher. They had knowledge of the Torah. They kept the mitzvahs of the Torah. They had to know it. So the question is how they knew it. That's true, but they kept the mitzvahs of the Torah. Therefore, since they kept the Torah before, before they received the Torah, Hashem loved them so much that He equated His name with their name. Mm-hmm. The same way that He's called a Tom, they are also called Kenevan. That's what the Medrash says. So now, says the Sarkachev, what does this Medrash mean? He says that because they were of such extreme, high caliber of their physical, of their spiritual stature, they were able to figure out the truth of the Torah. They analyzed the, the universe so much and deliberated about what's right and what's wrong, they came to basically the same conclusions of the Torah. They were able to figure out what the Torah, what Hashem was because of their great stature. You hear? This is a discussion. That's what I said. They did that. I, I don't think they did it. Let's say, uh, they, they said, well... The Talmud says it. The Torah, Rashi says it. Rashi says it. The Medrash says it. The Ramban discusses it. They all discuss they all discussed this issue of how Abraham kept the Torah. This is obvious in Jewish... He was a good man, a kind man, a compassionate man. He did everything right. No, the Torah says in Pazah's Toldos, Ekev, because Ashishama Abraham, Ekev, Ashishama Abraham, that Abraham listened to all my mitzvahs. Rashi says he kept the Torah. All the mitzvahs he kept. 
a red heifer. Certainly us, who are commanded in the mitzvah of honoring one's parents. What, imagine what kind of word we're, 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 we're going to get. Because Rabbi Chaina said, greater is the one who is commanded and does the mitzvah than the one who is not commanded and does the mitzvah. That's what the Talmud says. Then the Talmud continues to tell a story with Rabbi Yosef who was blind, etc. Right? Now, and, and from there it's apparent, it seems like um, that there's a dispute perhaps maybe of, of whether or not whether or not uh, one, it's better to be commanded to do the mitzvah or not. So Tosos here explains, why is the one who's commanded the greater? Right? According to that opinion, according to the opinion of Rabbi Hanina, why is he the greater? Says Tosos. Because the one who's commanded has to do it. So he's constantly worried, am I going to do it or not? The one who's not commanded, so yeah, he can walk away whenever he wants, he's not as nervous. It becomes an option. So it's an option. It's about to start, he's got bread in the basket. So the Sarkachava wants to explain the two sides of this perspective in a different way. He wants to say this. Which one is greater? The one who's commanded is not commanded. So he's like this. There is a plus to each one. There's a plus to each one. The one who is not commanded, he is the greater from the following perspective. Because he doesn't have to... You don't have to explain it, right? He doesn't have to do it. And he comes and he does it anyway. So the, uh, the, 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 the noble soul that he is to volunteer of his own time and effort to come and do what Hashem required him to do. He does. So he is, so he's the, he's, he's the greater. Right. Now, the person who, so that's the plus for the person who's not commanded. What's the plus for the person who is commanded? The answer is like this. He says very interesting. He says very interesting. He says, he says that the Talmud tells us in Tractate Kiddushin, Talmud tells us in Tractate Kiddushin, page 41b, the Talmud says, Shlucho Shaladam Kamosa, that the messenger of a person is just like him. Right? It brings, the Talmud brings a proof that the messenger takes on it just like the person who sent him. Same thing. No different. Right? So who is the one, if a person does the commands of Hashem, so then he's the messenger of Hashem. So therefore, if he's the messenger of Hashem, he's just like Hashem also. Right? In the same way that Hashem is capable of influencing the planet and all the spiritual worlds that exist out there, so too, when you're fulfilling a mitzvah because Hashem commanded you as His messenger, then you are also like Hashem, that you are influencing the whole structure of the physical and spiritual universe with your actions. Only if you're commanded. If you're not commanded, you're doing abolition. You're not a messenger of God. You're just... Uh, doing the right thing, so to speak, what Hashem wants you to do, but not because you're a messenger. Therefore, who says you have the influences? But if a guy set up a system of where he wants you to do something, you do it because he told you to, then the system is going to function. Rabbi Chaim Volozhin explains this at length in the beginning of the Nebuchadnezzar Chaim. He says that a person's soul is, you know, that we have a structure, we have the, that we have the physical planet, then we have spiritual worlds above it. One spiritual world, second spiritual world, third spiritual world, and a person's soul is like a, uh, I don't know how to, how to basically say it, it's like, it's, it's attached. It runs through, it's like an electric cord. A person's soul is like an electric cord that runs from this world all the way through all the other worlds, and the main part of his soul is right where Hashem is. Above the world that's called the Kisei, the throne. And the Nebuchadnezzar Chaim says that when a person does something, it's like shaking a rope. It, it shakes all of the worlds that exist from the top to the bottom. So when, I, when a person does something, he, he, with his actions, he influences, with his action, he influences all the worlds. Yeah? So therefore, therefore, if a person is commanded, he has that benefit. That he's able to change the physical and the spiritual reality around him. A person who's not commanded doesn't have that privilege. Because he's not commanded. So he doesn't have to do it. He's not a privilege. He doesn't have to do it. He doesn't know. No, even when he does it, even when he does it, he's not doing it because he wasn't told to do it. He wasn't told to do it. It's not his job. So if he's not doing it, he's not influencing. But, but to say the soccer child, the person who does do it, he's doing it for right. Okay, that's, that's how he explains this. And he says that if a person does it because he's commanded, then for sure he gets all of Haba. He gets the world to come. Right? Um, 
Because that comes from the mitzvahs you're commanded, like the mission says in Pirkei Avos, in, 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 in the Ethics of Our Fathers, chapter 4, Mishnah number 2. It says, Schan mitzvah mitzvah. The reward for a mitzvah is a mitzvah. Right? So the usual translation of that is the way that Rabbi Bethlehem understands it in the first, first or second piece in, in volume 1 of his book, The Mitzvah and Eliyahu, Strive for the Truth. The way he understands it is, it's a simple explanation that you have an if you do a mitzvah, so Hashem gives an opportunity to do another mitzvah. Says the uh, says the Sochichov, no, you can also read it's high mitzvah, the reward of a mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. The mitzvah itself is the reward. If you're commanded to do it, then you have the, the mitzvah itself is the reward that gives you all the mabo. As the Torah says explicitly in cha in Pashas Vaizhanan, in chapter six of Dvarim, Posit number twenty four. The Posit says like this. Hashem has commanded by Sivano Hashem Hashem has commanded us to do all the statutes. We told Wando that it should be good for us. So it's when it's commanded, says the Torah explicitly. When you're commanded that it's good for you. That we should live by this way, right? That we should go to the world they should be to the world to come. You hear? So it's better from this perspective to be commanded. Okay, so this is the answer, he says, the Sakachava, this is the answer to the wise person. Let's review again, right? The answer is like this. Oh, just one more point, right? This is the answer like this. The Chacham asks, Chacham Chacham says like this, Ma'idus ha'chukim v'amishpatim ha'shetiv ha'shem ha'kenezchem. What are the statutes, what are the uh, testimonies, the statutes, and the laws that Hashem has commanded you? That's what the Chacham says. Correct? So we said, what does that mean? He's asking, what do we need to be commanded for? Why don't we just do it on our own volition? The answer is the Afikoyman. How does the answer, how does the Afikoyman answer that we don't need to be, that we need to be commanded? The answer is like this. <clears throat> the answer is like this. Why do we eat the Afikoyman last and you're not allowed to eat anything after the Afikoyman? So that the taste of the Afikoyman should be left in our mouth. Correct? The taste should be left in our mouth. Now we also know in the writings that we also know that the Afikoyman is a hint to Olam Abba. It's a, it's a remez. It's a hint. It's representative. It's symbolic of the world to come. Right? So therefore we say to him like this. We say to him like this. You know why it's better to be commanded? Because when you're commanded the taste of Olam is left in your mouth. The Afikomen, the same way the Afikomen has to be left in your mouth, so too the taste of Olam is left in your mouth. Because when you do a mitzvah, when you're commanded, then it brings you Olam it brings you the world to come. That's the answer. That's why we tell them the Afikomen halacha. You hear? Yeah. That's the Sokachar's perspective on, on the uh, on the Chacha. Interesting. Yeah, it, it is. It's very interesting. Every, you know, every time I listen, I always get different. There's, there's a there, like I said, this is just snippets. This is snippets from the. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's just amazing how everybody, the, the language. I wish I, I like comprehension. But those who have problems, the comprehension. Right. Which is the most important. Yeah. Never there's plenty of other there's plenty of Agodas yeah. though in English. There are plenty in English. Oh, yeah. there's no, plenty. No, no, no. When it comes to Agodas, there's, there's plenty of those. Well, it depends on sitting around the table, you know. I mean, English is the Right. Okay, so let's do one more. Let's do one more. So, one more is is that the, the Russia, Mao, I mean, what does the Russia say? What is the service to you? This is in Shmos Yudbeis and Parshish Bo. So when he says to you, Lachem he's saying to you and not to him. So what does he do? He has taken himself out of the uh, out of the group. He's not part of the team. He removed himself from the group because he said to you, Kafa Biikar. He is uh, denying the, the the main truth of the Torah. So what should you do? You should break his teeth. And you should say to him, because of this Hashem did to me when I left Mitzrayim. 
Li, so what does it say to me? Li below low to me and not to him. Ilu hayasham. If he was there, loya nigo. You say to him, if you were there, you wouldn't have been salvaged. Now just think about it, just as a point aside. We know that four fifths of the Jews died in Makas Chayshich. In the, in, the, in the plague of darkness. Four fifths. Four fifths. Now we know that 600,000 Jews between the men between the ages of 20 and 60 left Mitzrayim. What? Between 20 and 60. No? Between 20 and, I think, between 20 and 60. Right. So now, the stipler gone. Rabbi Kanievsky, in his book, The Chai Olam, assumes that that probably means 20 million people. I'm sorry, 2 million people. Right, right. 2 million. 2 million people. About 2 million people. Because yeah. the, 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 the men below 20, the men above 60, and also the women and the children. I guess, yeah, you can eat your 2 million people. So, 2 million is a fifth that was left, because 4 fifths died. So, yeah. How many died? Eight million. Right. Tremendous. So the eight million. So you say to the Russia, you say, mm-hmm. if you leave yourself out from the group, from the team, you say to you, then you, you, you're part of the eight million, Chas How did they die in the darkness? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know right now. Are you thinking about all this? How did they die? Yeah, that's, that's, I just wanted to say that parenthetically. That's what you say to the Russia. Now, says the Briska Rov, in the Haggadah of the Beis Halevi, okay, the Haggadah of the Beis Halevi, the Gris, the Briska Rav says like this. In the Haggadah of the Beis Halevi, he says that the like again we read the pasuk. What does the pasuk say? Ba'avur ze'asa Hashem li b'teisi mimitrayim. Because of this, Hashem did to me when I left Egypt. Because of what? Because of what? Says the Briska Rav that Rashi over there on that pasuk explains. Right, chapter 13, Pasuk number 8. Rashi on that Pasuk explains. Says Rashi, in order that I should fulfill his mitzvahs. You know why Hashem took me out of Mitzrayim? In order that I should fulfill his commandments. Which ones? For example, the Pesach, the Peschal Lamb, the Matzah, the Moror. Right? I should fulfill all of these mitzvahs. That's why Hashem is taking me out. That's what you tell the Rasha. Says the Briskarov. So why is a person being taken out of Mitzrayim, out of Egypt, in order to fulfill the mitzvahs? The person who is interested in fulfilling the mitzvahs is the one who leaves. He's not part of the eight million, right? In order to fulfill the mitzvahs, that's why Hashem took me out of Mitzrayim. Leave. That's what Hashem did to me, to me, because I'm going to fulfill the mitzvahs. And this is the answer to the Russia. This is what breaks his teeth. It's because you are taking yourself out of the general group of the Jewish people because you're saying, what is this service to you? You're not interested in the Avodah. You're not interested in the service. You're not interested in the mitzvah. You don't want to keep the mitzvah. So then you're not going to be freed. You're not going uh, to leave. There's not going to be a redemption because that's what it says in the Pasuk. Because of this, says Rashi, because of what? In order that I should fulfill the mitzvahs, Hashem does to me and not to you. Which is what? Does the exodus. Takes me out of Mitzrayim. That's the answer to the Russia. You, have, you can't say, what is this to you? You have to make yourself a part of the group. You have to fulfill the mitzvahs. Because that is the whole reason why we're all here. Because we, because we the ones who made the commitment to fulfill God's work. Okay, that's the base, that's the base of ladies' uh, perspective. We have two more minutes. I'm going to end with uh, with one with with uh, one of my uh, Rabbeinu's perspective, and also I saw it in other books too. Now, the next son is a Tom, right? The simpleton, so to speak, right? Enishain or Deilisho. And the one who doesn't know how to ask the question. Right? Those are the four sons. Now, the question is like this. What would you rather have for a son? Would you rather have a She'enu Elisho? Would you rather have a, person, a son that doesn't know how to ask? 
Or would you rather have a son who's a Rasha? Which one is the better? Which one would you choose? You could answer if you want. <laughs> Which one would you choose? So you choose, the simple answer would be, I take. I won't take the Russia because the Russia is evil. I take the one who does not ask. So my Rebbe said, my Rebbe said, no, I take the Russia son. Why? I take the Russia son, I take the evil son. Because the evil son, Shane, they, what's the, what does it mean that he does not ask? It means that he, that he does not ask. He does not ask for the good. He does not ask. No, that's not. That's my Rebbe said. My Rebbe said that he does not ask means that he is. There's no energy. He doesn't ask for the good. He doesn't ask for the bad. Doesn't know. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't know. He does not ask. The Russia, he says, has tremendous energy. It's just misdirected. Goes in the wrong direction. So if you take the sunshine there, Elisha, he's always going to be a shame there, Elisha. He's not going to know how to ask. You're going to have to always, you're always going to have to initiate him. You're always going to have to open for him. You're always going to have to explain him. The Russia, you don't have to explain him. All you have to do is direct him to the right direction. You have to take the energy that he has and turn it to the right direction. If you do that... So how does an evil son become evil in the first place? He made the wrong choices, like we but said before. He knows that's good. Not necessarily. He decides to be evil. I mean, no. Just for the sake of no, no. A person who's evil is. Right? Some who's evil have to be good. Nobody's going evil. Look, Hashem does not give up. Hashem does not give up on anybody. If a person chooses of their own volition to do evil, Hashem waits. Right. So, so now that he's evil, doesn't mean he can't become good. So therefore, Hashem says. But it has to be good before it can be. Whatever, but it, fine. But what Hashem said, what we're saying is this: they would rather have the Russia, rather have the evil. Right. Because he has, yeah, right. Because because you get the, so this is Rabbi Kaplan, the Russia, the, the head of the yeshiva of Waterbury in, in Waterbury, Connecticut. Okay. Yeah, this is Rabbi Kaplan. So you, you're right. You, if you have the evil son, you can direct the energy the other way. Uh, but this, you do this, you 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 you, you, you know, I'm stuck. You can't do anything. You assume you always be that. So this is some of the insights into the into the uh, into snippets into the into the hamburger. Yeah.